0: I think that everybody's forgot.
1: It's super important that we remember. First John, 318, says that we need to love. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment on the Indeed and In Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. And we are here to continue our general discussions that we are just having. And we're already nitpicking and bickering at each other in the studio before we got started. So you can cut the tension with butter knife in here. So as we progress through this, um, I guess we're just, you know, you want to do the spiel or you want me to do it? How they can get a hold of us and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so you guys can, if you guys want to get a hold of us, you guys can reach out to us with praise reports, prayer requests, testimonies, any of that stuff. You guys can get a hold of us at our email address, at, or uh, it's indeed and in truth, or no, I'm sorry, email address is indeed in truth ministries at gmail.com. And then the Facebook page is indeed and in truth. Um, and you guys can reach out to us there. We are also probably about, I want to say, a week out from our website going live. Um, So whenever the website goes live, we will put out a um, we will put out a thing about that and everybody will know what's going on there. And then you guys will be able to start finding our daily devotionals and all that kind of stuff over there on the website because we want to use social media to interact with people like social media and stop trying to run a website off of it. It just doesn't work well for that. Um, we've made it work for Amber's made it really work for a long time now, but it'll be nice for her, especially because she'll have a really pretty platform to work off of. Um, and it'll look all nice and cool when she gets done with it. So I'm excited to see where that goes and, uh, what that is. So you guys be looking for information about that. We're going to be, you know, all of our stuff. That means, uh, the daily devotionals are going to go that direction. Um you guys will be able to reach out to us on uh with prayer requests and all kinds of stuff, and you guys will be able to do it in a in a more fashionable way I guess would be a good way to describe it um you guys will be able to do it all from the website um you won't have to use our Facebook to do it all the time um and then hopefully we get some more information out there about uh you know business cards and stuff like that to help kind of pass the word around and get people more informed about it so that being said um Amber, you want to talk a little. Now you guys are going to get this a week late. Okay. So the conversation we're having, we're having today, um, is going to be coming to you guys a week late, but we're talking about it as it's current. And you guys know that we always record ahead. So you guys also are aware that, uh, that's something that we do. So Amber, I want you to share a little bit about what you called me and you were frustrated about earlier. I want you to share some of that Um, and just talk a little bit about it and we're just going to get some conversation about it because I think it was me and you had a really good conversation about it actually, but I just, I would kind of like to almost reenact that conversation and share that, uh, on the podcast for the week. So go ahead. Well, I, I had originally called you because
0: I was extremely frustrated because I seen a bunch of Christians bashing another pastor all over um, a and a Christian event that was supposed to take place to bring sinful people in and get them saved and to love on them and just um, show who Christians are. And I guess my biggest frustration with it in general was the fact that these were Christians talking crap about another Christian. And it's like, where is Christ at in your Christianity? And that's where I'm at with it. Like, it it was just extremely frustrating to me to see these Christians calling another Christian, a heretic for preaching exactly what the word says and giving them the meat of the word. And the problem with it is, and that's like you had said on the phone, the problem with it is, is they don't want to hear the, the girth behind the word and what it truly stands for. And all of that, so I guess, like I said, my biggest frustration with it was the fact that they were just really talking bad about this pastor, and you know, it reminded me of the verse where, um, or the the story in the Bible where it was talking about the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, and how she. They had brought her to Jesus, and they was like, Oh, see what she did. Look what, you know, look what she's doing, and da da da. And he lifts himself up and he looks at her and he says, You who haven't sinned, cast the first stone. And that was the first thing that came to my mind when they're saying these things about this pastor saying he's. Um, a heretic and he's preaching off of tarot cards and all kinds of mess that's not true and the pastor himself had made a comment a while back he said you know it's just like rock singers and stuff they take pictures all the time christian bands and stuff they take pictures all the time with sinful people what's any different for a pastor to take pictures well especially a
1: pastor of his particular stature like you know Uh, You know, I think about when our our apostle travels places and stuff like that, people recognize him. Doesn't matter. You know, they recognize him. He's the man of God. Yeah. You know, and and just because America doesn't put that reverence on them like other nations do, doesn't make you know, you know, when we when we see a pastor, you know, those nations see a pastor walk down their streets. Or a known man of God to come walking down their streets, or and they're even even the man of God who came into their region or whatever. If they know that that person's a man of God, they stare at them as if they were a celebrity, like we would stare at like Beyonce or somebody right. like that. You know what I'm saying? We become starstruck. They become starstruck. They they reverence the anointing. So regardless of wherever that picture or wherever that media or wherever that stuff comes from, regardless of any of that stuff you know those pers- those people put a reverence on the anointing and on the man of god mm-hmm. or the woman of god it doesn't matter male or female i see you know i think about um trisha trisha travels all over the world yeah. and she goes all over the places and god uses her for evangelism and all kinds of stuff and she she is stopping all the time and dealing with people like that right. all the time you know what i'm saying but Go ahead and continue. I just, I just, well, I was just,
0: uh, like I said, the biggest thing was, is I was just frustrated that Christians are acting this way about another Christian. Like, what does that say about us as Christians? It's, it's honestly proven the point that sinners have been saying all along that we're just hypocrites Yeah, and that is just proving that to them because we're not loving on these people. We're not even loving on other Christians. Like, how can we go out and share the gospel to people and get them saved if we're not even loving on the people in the house? You know, and that's I guess that's where my biggest frustration with it is, is the fact that, you know, we're we're taking Christ out of Christianity in general. Literally, that's literally what it is. This was the
1: concept that I was talking to you about, like a couple of weeks ago. I brought it up and I said something about it during one of the podcasts and I was talking about deconstruction. Yeah, I was talking about when people say, well, I'm just going to reanalyze my faith or I'm just going to this. I'm just going to this. Well, that's deconstruction. You have now separated yourself. See, me and me, okay, now this is where this conversation went with me and Amber. Now, this con- This type of conversation for me and Amber always goes deeper than what we see on the surface. We always go into a deeper route to it. And this is what I've concluded about this pastor. This pastor is known, uh, when he shows up in a region, demons and devils run from him. I mean, yeah. this guy, He 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 genuinely has a heart for God. And he experiences God in a way that the church doesn't get to experience God anymore. Why don't we experience Jesus like that anymore? You know why? Because we've let Satan create a powerless church out of us. And here's how we've done it. We've silenced the voice of the prophet because the prophet is God's mouthpiece. We shut him up. We don't want to hear from him. Now, I'm not saying every single church does this, but a predominant amount of churches in America, especially, do this. They've shut the profit up because they don't want to be criticized and they don't want to be judged because they want their life to be acceptable by everybody. Right. Deconstruction re-examining of my faith. I want everybody to accept, progressive Christianism is another term that you could call this. You know, I want everybody to just accept me and I don't want people to judge me and I don't want to be judged and I don't want to judge nobody and blah, 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 blah. No, we're not supposed to pass a condemnation don't judge. Don't look at and, me, I and won't and we look just at had, you. Yeah, exactly. We just had a conversation about this last week, judging the right way. I just broke it out in scripture to you guys what Jesus was talking about here and we gave you guys some examples about what some of that might look like. Now, we shut the voice of the prophet up because we don't want to be rebuked by the prophet and we've shut the voice of the apostle up because we don't want the apostle to come in and sit down and set the order of the house the and so and so what we've saying is when we're saying we're going to um, we're going to um, we're going to deconstruct or we're going to re reevaluate our faith or we're going to um, do anything of those sorts, what happens is now we're going to separate ourselves from our church family, and we're going to separate ourselves from our pastor. So you've separated yourself from three out of the five fold, th- three out of the five out of the five-fold ministry offices that are in the church. You've separated yourself from three of them. Mm-hmm. Two of them the church did for you. Right. All it needed to happen now was that you separated from the next piece of that. Because now you no longer have a pastor authoritating you over in your life and explaining the Word of God to you. And if you don't have a pastor over your life, you definitely don't have a teacher over your life. Because most pastors will function with the teaching capability to show the Word to you and to explain the Word to you. So once you separate that out of your life, you are now left, like the people in the days of Noah, you're left to every man saw and did things that was right in his own eyes. So you build a faith in a Jesus... That's constructed out of what your understanding of the word is. It's not about everybody else having an understanding or having sound doctrine. It's about, this is how I understand it to be. Go ahead, because I'm not done.
0: I was about to say, it was like the post that I had put out on Facebook the other day where I had made the comment that, um, well, it was a whole post in itself. It had said, "the it said everybody wants the truth until it costs them something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's
0: exactly what it is. The moment they have to sacrifice something within themselves that they enjoy, like talking about other people, they don't want it no more. They don't want to hear it no more. They don't want to hear hear that they're gossip. They they don't want to hear that what they're doing is wrong. And that's... That's the problem with the church today. We well, want to see, talk and that about everybody. There is, but a,
1: prophet will, a prophet will come in and pick up on gossip faster than he'll pick up on anything else. Oh, absolutely. That prophet can walk in the door and pick up. The apostle can walk in the door. When he sets a pastor over the house, somebody that you just separated yourself from because you feel like you need to reevaluate your faith. and you, you know, If you feel like you need to reevaluate your faith, I'm sorry, you were probably never saved to begin with. And if you were saved and then you think you still need to reevaluate your faith— then you didn't know Jesus like you thought you did. Because well, not just
0: that, but even Jesus said himself. He said,
1: pray for them. Mm-hmm. So here's here's where I'm going at with this. So think about it this way. Like me and you talked about, the you separate yourself from all these things, right? So you no longer have the apostle's life in your life. You no longer have the prophet's voice in your life, and you no longer have the pastoral voice, which in some cases does take away the teaching aspect of that. There is a five-fold teacher. I'm not teaching on that right now. I'm right. just talking about there a pastor has to be able to teach he yeah. has to be able to preach some of these offices do have to interwork work with each other if you're going to be an apostle you need to be able to teach and preach the word if you're going to be if, if, if you are um, let me rephrase that if god's called you and you are an apostle if god's ordained you an apostle if god's ordained you a prophet if he's ordained you any of those things you have to have a degree of the other one functioning in your life it doesn't right. matter that's that's the fivefold ministry It is fivefold. It's God's grace. And in that and of that is how the church functions and operates as Jesus is the headship. So if all those things are happening, you've separated yourself from those things. Think about it this way. Now, what's happened is you've created a faith that is not based on sound doctrine, it is only based on what you understand the word to be. It no longer has any premise in the word, it has an interpretation of what you think it means. So this is what happens. We get religious spirits. I was about to say, we get it religious devils religion. because of it. And so, what ends up happening? The only and so what happens is this pastor. Actually, I'm just going to say his name. His name's Todd White. Everybody who knows anything about this man, he. I'm just going to say it because this is too big of an issue to just say this pastor, this pastor, right. pastor. You know, and honestly, I don't think he would be upset if he heard the podcast and even so. He is being attacked for showing up. He's the only person who's being attacked for being at this event. There are loads of people (laughs) who are going to be at this event. The church putting on this event. There are all these people going to be involved in this event. He's the only person being attacked. Why is he the only person being attacked? Because he genuinely functions and moves with God, and, he man- and God uses him and manifests miracles through him. Absolutely. Now, because of those things happening, people are aware of that. Religious spirits and religious devils are frustrated because they know if he shows up and he comes in, there's going to be a genuine move that's going to shake Austin, Texas, and it's going to be something that sets them in a different atmosphere. Now, having said that, this is what happens when you deconstruct and think you need to reexamine your faith. You separate yourself from the ministry, the the five-fold ministry gifts that God gave to ordain, and and I'm going to rephrase that, to organize the church. And to keep the church oiled and keep it moving. So we separated ourselves from that. So now let's just say, you know, we've separated ourselves from the teacher as well, right? Because I want to learn this stuff for myself. I need to figure it out for myself. Right. You know, I need to know what I believe in. You know what I'm saying? You do need to take a time in your life when you say, God, are you going to be who you say you are in this Bible? There are times where you need to have that. I'm not saying that you don't. What I'm saying is, is that you cannot separate out from under leadership that's going to continue to teach you. You cannot separate out from underneath your pastor. You cannot separate out from underneath the prophet, the apostle, or the evangelist. But the only reason we'll accept an evangelist in today's world, in today's Christianity, and your deconstructed faith, the only way you will accept an evangelist is as long as you can scientifically prove the reason why the miracle manifested to begin with. Because that's what, that's what modern Christians, right? I love science. I think science is interesting. You guys already have. We had a discussion recently. There's aspects of evolution that you can prove. Or as you long as prove. they're kind
0: of tickling your ear exactly. while they're talking. So
1: there's aspects of those things that you can prove, and you can prove them scientifically. But the only reason those things even exist is because God said that they could. Right. Why do you think people have been unsuccessful with breeding a monkey and a male and a human being? Because God said every flesh has to give after its own kind. You're not going to mix them up. I don't care how hard you try. That's how we ended up with AIDS, by the way, just in case anybody was curious. And then (laughs) we blamed it on the African-American race. Stupidity. But that's what we did. You know what I'm saying? So when we can't, that's the only way we'll accept a, that's the only way that we'll accept an, an evangelist in today's world is because we have to be able to prove somehow or another how this person did this. Because that's what we do, right? Because we have to know everything, we have to be able to Google everything, we have to be able to this, we have to be able to this. you know, um, they was just sharing we, you know we've got miracle services and stuff like that going on at the church right now, and that's why we're hustling through this because you guys are kind of getting catching it a week later, but you know we're going to be coming out. and I remember um, uh, somebody in there was talking about miracles, and they said they watched Pastor Dosik walk up and pull a tumor right off somebody's ear. Yeah what kind of faith? If you had seen that happen, your first instinct is going to be, that's makeup on their ear. This was staged. Right. Well, that's like
0: um, somebody else had made a comment that supposedly the same pastor, Todd White, he had... um That Benny Hinn, when he had laid hands on him, had zapped him with one of them handshake zapper things, and that's why he fell on the floor. Because he was talking about how when the Holy Spirit hit him, he felt like he was being electrocuted because it was burning everything in him. That's not electrocution. That is literally...
1: Well how here's it the feels thing with sometimes. that. Now here's the thing with that. And you gotta be careful when you're treading on that, because I know what you're talking about, and I know the ministers or I'm aware, let me rephrase that. I'm aware of the ministers in which that started happening because they were doing that to people.
0: Oh well, see, they I didn't know that there was people doing what that. What was
1: happening was these ministers were staging their miracle services. See and I- it was a it was a ploy to get you to they would only pray for certain people. Because they wanted them to come up at the front of the building and yeah, those certain people okay. were being paid to do make this big scene or do all this different stuff. And all it really came down to was that they wanted to be able to collect your money. And when they collected your money, it made them rich. You see what I'm saying? See, that's a bunch of mess. So and it is mess, but I'm just saying that's where that stuff comes from. So people But not this pastor in particular. No, 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 no. I don't I don't I don't truly believe that you know, I don't know Benny Hen personally myself. Um, but I I I I I I have to look at every minister and say what Jesus, you know, I will know them by their fruits. Exactly. So if you are producing fruit, you know what think about it this way. I'm gonna share this story real quick. Jesus, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Hey, there's other disciples, there are others that are, you know. Casting out devils in your name, working miracles, healing, you know, healing these people, blah, blah, blah. And they don't follow us. And he said, let them do it. You can go ahead and count us along with those others because there was another and there are others. It doesn't all, I'm going to look at them by their fruit. What fruit is in your life? That's that simple. You cannot look at somebody's life and tell me like what we're talking about right here. These people have separated themselves from at least three out of the five gifts that are supposed to be given to them in their life. And so since they've separated themselves from it, they're attacking people like him because he's going to come in and he's going to move the way God tells him to move. God's going to manifest in a supernatural way. All of Austin, Texas is going to hear about it. They're never going to forget about it. And the kingdom of darkness is, again, going to take another big hit in a major city in the United States that he can't afford to take. Right. Why is that? Because we can only accept a minister working at the uh, the epitome of an evangelist when we can explain how these things happen. It has to be understandable. Like it has to be, I've noticed this
0: in, in most churches, if it can't be explained through religion, not relationship, religion, that's the only way it's accepted. But even if you look at it, if you, even if you look at the Bible, you know, religion is what killed Jesus in the first place. Right. So why would you want to continue to follow that? Why would you want to be the Romans? Why would you want to be
1: the Romans? You know what I mean? Well, and and, and just like me and you talked about earlier today, that literally was, that was, you know, Jesus said, they're going to persecute you. And ultimately they killed him. Right. So if you know that they killed him, ultimately one day they'll kill you. Yeah. That's just that simple. When you separate from those things and you think you're going to deconstruct, and like we've talked previously, you know, you've got a lot of Christian elite leaders that are going left on b- b- biblical principles that have been held sacred in this nation for years and years and years. And you don't necessarily see a lot of that stuff anymore. And a part of that, I do believe, is because we've desensitized the church to the voice of the prophet. We've desensitized them to the voice of the apostle. We're trying to shut the pastors down because see what happens is, is what we're doing now. And what really has been happening ever since these ministers started doing some of the stuff we just discussed there. Um, not the ones, not like Todd White and Benny Hinn and them, but I'm saying some of these other ministers who were responsible right. for staging these miracle services and stuff like that. These guys have come in and uh, you know, they're like, Hey, we're going to put a pastor as a job. And we're gonna whoever wants to come take this job can come take this job. They're in it for the money. You know they're what not saying? So, so much. We're gonna for... come put them in. And as long as our board likes them, right. we're gonna hire them. And that pastor's employment is based upon it's literally, it's become a job. So now people, the only reason they go into ministry, they don't birth ministry out of a revelation. They don't birth ministry out of a revelation that God wants to do something fresh. By the Holy Ghost, they only go and get into the ministry in most cases because that church has been. Think about but how many offering. times you've been rolled. I think about how many times you rolled down the street and found the first Methodist church, first Baptist church. And I'm not just trying to idolize or not idolize, um, nail those people down specifically, but I'm just saying. Think about how many places you can go. You can find a Methodist church, you can find a Baptist church, you can find a Presbyterian church. You can find very seldomly. Pentecostal, do you find, they always label. These there's specific, something specific on the logo. Yes. This, and I'm not saying that some of those things weren't birthed out of. Right. Originally birthed out of a place where God wanted to do something. But what's happened is, is we separated the voice of the prophet, the apostle, the pastor. We replaced the pastor with somebody we could pay and we could twist his arm. Because if we twist his arm and he's teaching stuff that we don't want to hear about, we can twist his arm and shut him up.
0: Well, that was another. So now thing. you've only got
1: two other. You only have two other gifts that can function at this point, and you're not going to again allow the evangelism or allow God to move in a miraculous way through somebody unless you can explain how it happens. Right. Well, that was
0: another thing that I had watched on one of the Christian news channels that they have, like they were talking about this um, specific pastor and the huge mansion he was living in and the cars he was driving and this and that and the other. And that's what they were nailing down. Oh, he's a false prophet because he has these things. You know, the Bible says he's going to bless those. Who bless you, you know? So why would God not want to bless the ones that are actually preaching what he has? Well, here's
1: the frustration behind that. And and this is what happens, I think, is because people don't understand that the Bible teaches us prosperity. Right. It is biblically. God says that, you know, that he told the Israelites, they was never going to want. He said, I'm going to give you houses that you didn't build, vineyards that you didn't plant, and blah, blah. And he goes through the whole list of things as long as there's obedience. So when you see those types of things, again, I said, you'll know them by their fruits. See, some of these ministers that they throw under the bus like that and that they get upset with, go spend some time with them. Right. Seriously, genuinely, go spend a regular amount of time around them. I'm telling you what, I could take you to a couple of them right off the top of my head that I know are loaded. Yeah, they've got money, they've got nice homes, they've got nice cars, they've got nice churches, they've got nice everything, but they are submitted under God. God bless them because of obedience. Obedience produces, see, we haven't talked about it yes, We're going to teach on the spirit of increase, but the only way you can obtain and acknowledge and, 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 and be able to have that in your life functioning in your life because it's available for us all. But the only way right. it's functioning in your life is if obedience is found. Absolutely. If you're not obedient to the word and you're not obedient to what God tells you to do, you can't have blessing. That isn't that what he hits, what he told Israel before yeah. they went into the promised land. If you go over there and you're doing this and you're doing this, you're doing this. Joshua told him too. Moses told him, he said, I'm calling the earth witness against you today that I've told you. these." If things. we
0: can't, ex- if we don't, if we don't just, dis- if we don't gift our children for their disobedience, why would God gift us for our disobedience?
1: Because everybody wants a grace-filled God. And God is graceful. He but is. But God also, has res- God honors his word. Right. That's it. God honors his word. But when you lay
0: your life down and you say, God, I need your help in my life, but then you're sitting there going, nah, I don't want to listen to it.
1: I don't well, again, it. that's what we come back to. We're talking about, you know, we're talking about wanting we want we don't want the voice we want the voice of the pastor in our life as long as we can control his voice. Right. We don't want the voice of the pastor in our life whenever we don't have, you know, when when we've got some sin going on in our life and oh, some mess I'm going saying, on, say when our they're life.
0: making our demons uncomfortable. Yeah, we don't when, when want they're to hear making it. our
1: flesh uncomfortable, we don't want our pastors involved in our life and we want to be able to control them, right? Um But if we can't control them, then we get mad at them. And again, we are like, well, you know what? I really just need some time. I need to really evaluate my faith. I really need to evaluate this. I need to. Man, that is a load of crap. And you know it's a load of crap. You're looking for a reason to get out from underneath him. So hopefully his attention will shift or her attention will shift to somebody else in the congregation. So the next time you walk into the church service, you're not going to be feeling like they're staring at you, trying to deal with you. Or they're preaching an entire message right at you because you've been acting like a dog for the last three weeks. We get out of the spirit of
0: offense. We, we've had, like, this big spirit of offense on the church. Like, we're offended by everything. It doesn't matter... Whether it be something that's helping us or not, we're offended by it. it. does not matter. And we are not the world. We're not called to be offended. We're not called to do that. We're called to listen. We're called to be obedient. We're called to be the children and the voice of God. And how can we do that? We're offended by every little whisper that we hear in our ear. We don't have time. Like you've said it before, we don't have time to be offended.
1: No, I tell people that all the time. I tell that to our inner circle all the time. You guys do not have time to be offended. No. I don't think anybody's really listening to me when I'm saying that. But to be honest, we do not have time i don't have time to be offended because if people truly want to advance and move forward if you're going to spend your time locked down and something that happened you know last year and i'm already moving past it and i don't even care about that anymore and that's where you want to stay and you want me to come back and give you an apology and make this all i'm sorry you're just going to stand there with your twiddling your thumbs because i'm not coming back
0: pray and let it go like pastor regina had said at one point she said pray and let it go quit talking about it quit
1: feeding it pray and let it go so all we can do no, and I, I think this is good. But this is this is good. We we really need to. I just like I said, I wanted to reiterate this conversation that we had, and uh, so I just really wanted to talk a little bit more about that because I just that I, I'm I'm annoyed by it, yes. But really, what I was more impressed by and happy with is that these guys. Um, They did not use this as an opportunity to defend a platform that they were given. You know what I'm saying? They are, I hope still chasing and seeking God um, and still, uh, and still waiting on the Holy Ghost to speak to them about what they need to do and how they need to do it and stuff like that. That's what I'm looking to see. Again, I'll know them by their fruits. Right. If they were going to turn into the world and start bickering and fighting back at them, they've got a platform to do it. They may even have people on their platform that would have uh, agreed with them and and would have helped justify their reasons for doing it. Yeah. However, you know that's not what they're doing. So I'm just thankful to see that out of them. Yeah. Uh, they, because this is the they kind just- of leadership. You know, in these types of in these types of areas, this is the kind of leadership that you need to see and that you need to have. Because if you don't have it, um, you know, there's a really, really good chance that, uh, you know, we're gonna see more of like what we're talking about. Now I'm not gonna go naming off all these elites right. that they're on about, but you know, no,
0: thankfully these people they had shut the those comments down. They had deleted all those comments off there so that it wasn't keep progressing arguments because there was a lot of arguments on there. And then they put out another post that said, you know, I was really sad to see this. And this is not what you guys are called to do as Christians. Oh man, know? I'm just gonna say it because Joseph it out. would
1: hundred percent get behind it, but he flat out said he said, you know, he said the stuff that I just saw come across this comment section, he said just put a stain. On Christianity. It did. And he said, and he he was super disappointed and ashamed. And I think genuinely people whose hearts were really open or excited to see something good happen out of that are just as upset and ashamed as what he is. Absolutely. Um, You know, and like I said, I'm just thankful to see that this is not, this is not a platform defense thing. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys are being, they're being genuine about it. But again, like I just said, you'll know them by their fruits. Right. You know, this is how I determine everything I ever see. How do I know if somebody genuinely moved with God? I'll know them by their fruits. How do I know if somebody's living a life that reflects Christ, when, even though when they're not on the platform? I'll know them by their fruits. Not just that, but I'll be able to tell you if somebody is probably living right, and Amber could tell you whether or not somebody's living right oh, yeah. based upon whether or not there's a manifestation of God. Now, I'm not saying that there's a specific way that God manifests, but there's a there is a general understanding about how God moves in a service. You know, and God moves and does what he wants to do. But I'm just saying when people come in to a service or ministers come in and preach the gospel and stuff like that, and they're preaching miracles, but they're refusing to allow certain people to come to the front, you know, something might be up. Now, as as I've made that statement, I also want to make this statement. I've also seen ministers do things like that, but there was a reason for it. The Holy Ghost told them to do this. The Holy Ghost told them to do this. The Holy. So you have to leave room for God. You can never... This is why you can't, see. So you can't get in that trap about trying to figure out who this person is, who this person is, because you'll sit and make excuses every, every direction on it. You'll know them by their fruit. It's that simple. If they're producing fruit, actually John the Baptist called it fruit worthy of repentance. Yeah. So if they are producing fruit and they are not separated from the fivefold ministry gifts, you need to back up. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody's ministries looks the same. Not everything that everybody does in the kingdom of God looks the same. It just doesn't. But that's the problem is because we want it to look the same. We want God to do everything the exact same way because we want to be able to explain it when it happens. Right. How do I explain to somebody that my son got healed? God never asked me to understand how the miracle worked. He just told me to believe him for it.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's those few um, people out there that are mad about that because like I had made the comment before we had gotten off the phone earlier, I had said, that um this this same pastor Todd White he he was blamed for um also being uh better than Jesus is what somebody had said. This was another Christian who had said that he supposedly had made himself bigger than Jesus, and that's not what he did. He just took the word and he did exactly what it said. And he had made the comment in one of his interviews. He had said Todd White had said that uh, even unbelievers can be healed. And he was talking about how even the unbeliever can be healed because we have faith that God can do it. And that's what he was talking about is because when he had, you know, touched them and they were healed, how, like you said
1: earlier, you know, if that wasn't true, there would be no. You wouldn't even have a church. Exactly. Because everybody in the church at one point didn't believe, you know, you weren't born and just automatically believed in God. No, you were you born were into taught. sin. You were taught to know who God was. You were taught, you know, now, again, this becomes a very hashy area. So I'm not getting into all this right now. I'm just trying to tell you, no. And like you said, no, I don't think there, you wouldn't even have a church. Right. Jesus was dealing with people with unbelief all the time, but he still moved and did miracles for them. Jesus is the first person to make a move in every relationship that ever gets born and creates salvation in somebody's life. Jesus is the first person to move to heal them, and Jesus is the first person to move towards them with salvation. And once they've accepted both of those, what did he tell the woman that they found that they were trying to— You talked about her earlier, and we're going to get ready to close with this, but you talked about her earlier— um, you said that she, they brought her in and they were going to stone her. He said, You with who's without sin cast yeah. first stone. And what did he say after that? He looked at her and said, Woman, where are your accusers? And she said, I, I, there are none. I don't know. You know, and he said, Then I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. Right. So he made the first step. For salvation, he made the first step for healing to take place. He made all those steps. And we, as the church, need to understand that he made all the first steps. Now it's our job to pick up our cross and to chase after him. We don't get to have an option in that. You don't get to deconstruct your faith in a sense, or you don't get to reevaluate what you believe in. The word is sovereign. The word is the word of God. If you don't believe the word of God is the word of God, then I don't know what you're, you're chasing a fairy tale because you're not chasing God. Right.
0: Well, just the- I'm going to leave you with this. It's Proverbs 10:11. It says, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but the violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Do you care to expound on that or are you just going to read it? Well, I didn't think I needed to expound on it. It kind of just spewed everything that we were just talking about here. Okay. That out of your mouth is speaking life and death. And if you're cursing somebody... You're cursing yourself. And that's like I had said earlier of how, what is the most strategic way the enemy can get in is
1: allowing you to curse yourself by cursing somebody else or cursing your own life. Well, and that's again, even, 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 uh, I want to say it was James, but he talked about, he said, the tongue is the most unruly thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with it, we bless God and with it, we curse, we curse man. Right. And I, maybe it was Paul that was talking about, I don't remember which one it was, but I remember that scripture and he's talking about how it was like a small rudder. You know, it turns a mighty ship. You know, that thing, you can turn a wheel and that little rudder will turn a ship. I mean, massive ships. Will oh turn. yeah, your mouth gets you into all kinds of trouble and if so you don't And so your mouth is it. just as easy. So yeah. if, you're, if you're touching, you know, David understood to a degree that if I touch God's anointed, it's not good for me. So much to the point that even when he cut the piece of cloak off of Saul while Saul was sleeping, it convicted his heart because he touched something that belonged to God's anointed. And somewhere along the line, Christians have forgot what it means to be anointed by God. And we automatically assume oh, that's just the pastor or that's just this. Well, yeah, of course it's just the pastor as long as he's not preaching something to you that you don't like. And then if you sit on his board, then you can twist his arm and tell him he better quit or he's not going to have a job anymore. So that's what your idea of Christianity is, but that is not absolutely not what God designed that to be. So with that being said, we're on this thing, but I just want to—I just want to give you guys an opportunity. Um, like I said, we're just going to do a few, probably a few weeks of general conversation and just kind of shooting or shooting the wind. And this happened to come up, and I was like, you know what? I would like to talk some more about. And
0: this. not just that, not just all of that, but I, at the same time, if you don't believe it yourself, get in the Word yourself and look.
1: Yeah, like, and if, then go under, like we just said, I go and find it, people to sharpen yourself against. Get up under your pastor and teaching authorities within the church. Let them explain and show you. There, there's a difference between interpretation and doctrine. Yeah, Doctrine sets the order of the house. Again, why do you think we've ran away from the apostle? Because they set the order of the house. Pastors that are supposed to be called into being a pastor think they're apostles all the time. Not all pastors are apostles. Okay? Not all of them. Now, I know plenty of apostles that are pastors and that function in a pastoral capacity. I'm saying you have pastors that are not called by God. You've stuck them in there because they wanted a job. And then they try to set all these things in order and do all these things that are way outside of their spiritual authority to do in the first place. And so what do they do? They they run into the word and they get their own interpretation about what the Bible says about this or what the Bible says about this or what the Bible says about this. Mind you, that also opened the door up for a Jezebel spirit to come in and take hold of the church. And if she takes hold of the church, then you just call it done. They're going to be shutting the doors before too much longer. Because eventually what will end up happening is they'll shift worship away from God and towards themselves. So I know a lot, I know a lot of it's heavy, but um we're just going to give you guys an opportunity because i want to stick to the con- i want to stick to you know what we've been doing i want to give you guys an opportunity if you guys want to accept jesus today um ultimately even though we're having these deep conversations about this stuff god still loves you and he's still merciful and like we just talked about jesus always takes the first step he took the first step on calvary he took the first step in salvation when me and amber got saved he took the first step whenever he healed us, whenever he set us free from something, whenever he set that lady free who got found in adultery. You know, think about the shame she felt. They said they caught her in the very act. They probably drug her in there butt naked, beaten, dirty, and bruised, and threw her in front of him. You have no idea the kind of shame that she felt. She was probably even aware of who he was. Could you imagine what that, what that would be like? You're a female and you just got drug out, I mean, not only were you caught in the middle of the adultery, but now you've been drugged out and you've been thrown in front of Jesus, that everybody around the village is professing to be the son of God. And now you're going to have to lay in front of him butt naked and listen as people rail and accuse you and want to kill you. Could you imagine how she felt? And if you're thinking, yeah, I think I do know how she feels, then we're going to give you an opportunity because just like in that story with her, You know, Jesus said, where are your accusers? He said, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more. And so today we're going to give you guys an opportunity. And so what I want you to do is just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and I ask that Jesus would be Lord and Savior of my life and that from this day forward, I'll live for you. And I thank you for it. In Jesus name. Amen. So we just want to, um, you know, we're excited about that. We want you guys to let us know if you guys got praise reports, prayer requests, any of those things. Let us know. Um, And uh, Amber, you want to go ahead and pray us out? Yeah.
0: Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being here today and that you would just touch the hearts of your people, Lord. That you would just help them to understand you to a whole different level. That you would guard their mouths. That they would not allow deceit and different falsehood come out of their mouth Lord and I just thank you for it and I ask Lord that you would just continue to be who you say you are and we just thank you for it in Jesus name
1: amen amen okay guys join back in with us next week and we will see you then take care of